Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode number 134 of the Pico Serenity podcast, continuing to slowly climb towards the big 200. Uh, joining me, I am one of your hosts, Emilson, and joining me, as always, we have my co-host, Anomaly. Hello. And uh, this week, there's not very much happening. <laughs> Yeah, nothing uh you would you could say uh in terms of like actual in-game stuff um it is it is that kind of pre-expansion lull we have not gotten the rest of pre-patch yet which is of course evokers and the pre-patch event mm -hmm. we also did not get a whole lot of changes on beta there was some raid testing but it was really like retesting bosses that already existed with some slight tweaks and honestly it was We'll get to it, but it's probably more for tuning stuff than anything else. Yep. Um, so it's been a quiet week. We're going to catch up a little bit on some of the stuff that has changed on beta and then uh, hit a couple of the actual bigger changes uh, in some more detail. Uh, but before we get into that, and Helm, how was your raid week? Uh, it was good. It, um, we are down to one night a week, um, from okay. now until, till the expansion launches, uh, or really till the first week of mythic and heroic. So yeah, we're only rating, um, I guess in the next two weeks is on Tuesday and then we'll see probably Tuesday the rest of the time. Um, and it's not, uh, it's, it's fine. We, we cleared, I think we cleared, we cleared jailer in an hour. Um, nice. On like Tuesday. all the way to Jailer and also Jailer. Yeah. So we did well the the skip. So like Guardian yeah, and yeah, yeah. yeah. Not the full raid, but yeah, everything is everything Jailer down at like nine ten, um, and we started yeah. at eight, eight. So um, about an hour, hour ten minutes, which was awesome. Um, and then we went and did a handful of Nathria bosses um, that one of our raiders needed for the meta achievement that he had missed. Yeah. So um, did not kill Sylvanas. Uh, we didn't have any buyers. And no one needs the mount. Um, and the only bosses that our folks need in Sepulchre are like Painsmith and right. Fate Scribe. Yeah. It's like, it was like already like 10 o'clock. And we're like, and eh, we really want to go any further, even though it's only two yeah. hours in. We're like, we'll take a, a, a shorter raid just to be a little bit yeah. more chill. Yeah. Um, and focus on those. But yeah, it was, um, it was third affix this week, which is the big change. Um, yeah. Added a third affix, which it just, I mean, uh, I it was just stupid. Like we killed Jailer in under six minutes. I think like we had like a five thirty kill or five forty yeah, kill. Like, that's around where our Jailer actually had really good fixes this week, didn't he? Or uh, I actually think we only did Barrier. Yeah, he had. We didn't do uh, moats. Yeah, I don't think he had moat. Did he have? I forget. He, the three fixes for for Jailer this week, um, if I remember correctly, were Barrier, then interrupts, then moats. So if you yeah. got moats, you had to do interrupts. Gotcha. Yeah, I think we did all three. I think we didn't turn them off at all. There was lots of dispelling, which I was not a fun. Not I yeah. hate soaks, but uh, yeah. But no, yeah. it was uh, the third FX was fun. It was um, yeah. I think we we killed we killed Stone Legion generals in like four minutes or something. Uh, like yeah. like literally would. I think we didn't kill the first Goliath in either phase until the intermission. So oh, like we basically that, had. <laughs> We had been doing that. That's been our our um, season four strat. Is just you oh, carry really? both Goliaths, and it's so good. So they we, did um, on on okay. Legion Generals. They fixed the bop thing that you could do, where you would like bop yep. somebody, and they would run in over and over again. So if you were using that, that was the easiest way to get through it. You would just like 
kill the Goliaths during the phase one uh, and phase two kind of thing, and then not have them up during the intermission and just mm-hmm. like bop somebody and have them run into it over and over again. Um, we didn't really do that. So we just carried both the Goliaths into the intermission, killed all three of them and then one commando and then just dunked it all and used the bop trick as like a, a backup plan in case one of the orbs got missed. Gotcha. Yeah. We had, we'd been mostly doing the bop trick. So we had the first intermission, we carried the first Goliath in just because we'd killed first intermission so fast, but second we'd kill the first Goliath and then carry the second one. in just cause we, I don't, we didn't kill the boss fast enough in second, yeah. like the second one that comes down. Um, so the Goliath would just be one shotting people during their whatever yeah. phase to their jump move. So, yeah. So um, our, our strat for it is everyone just hits their CDs on full, right? And then we yeah. bloodlust the second phase. Oh, okay. Okay. Because okay. you're not getting two anyway, but then that lets yeah. you get into the second intermission with both Goliaths up from phase two yeah. without it being one shot material yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good idea. But um, but yeah, no, it was uh, it was interesting to go back. It'll probably be the last time we ever do Nathria because yeah, Pizza is like the last person who needs anything from or needs any of the kills from from Nathria. We didn't need a Sire kill, which was nice. Um, so we basically stopped at Stone Legion. But now we have a lockout at Sire. If we really want to sell it, I don't know why we would. But um, but no, yeah, it was a it was a really easy raid week. I, I mean, it's what. There's like four more weeks left, three more weeks left of actually doing yeah. this stuff. Like it's just, yeah. I think at this point, we, I think we have one more jailer mount. We're done Sylvanas mounts, and then we have, like I said, a handful of meta achievements in Sepulchre to do, or sorry, in uh, Sanctums to do. Yeah. Um, so we'll do those probably this week and be done. So. Yeah. Funny enough, Sanctum is also our big like we need boss kills for the meta achievement. Right? Yeah. And. I don't know why. Maybe it's just because the skip exists and the skip is so good for that. So just a lot of people haven't done the intervening bosses. Yeah, we didn't. I mean, we didn't do the lower half, like the first two, I think, cycles of it. Yeah, um, because we, we were still farming jailer mounts um, at yeah. the time. So like we basically killed Sylvanas and then or tried to kill Sylvanas, did like the top half and then went to do jailer mounts. So yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. So for us, uh, I guess kind of like last Sunday, we got our first faded jailer kill, which is a little bit like bittersweet because it should have been our first, but it was. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then we went and spent more time on Denathrius. We have a Castle Denathria lockout at Denathrius that we've just been reusing because we don't need anything else. Yeah. One one person needs Kael'thas, one person needs Council of Blood, both of which are still alive in our lockout, actually. I don't think we're doing them tonight. Um, so it's just an Athreus that people need. <laughs> and we actually got through Jailer pretty quickly. It was very nice. Uh, or, you know, the whole, like, Vigilant, Anduin, all the rest, yeah. like, doing the skip. Um, and then went and spent time on the Nathrius and just, like, I don't know. It We kept falling apart in Phase 3. Yeah. Or, like, movement. or, like... Yeah. At the beginning of phase two or at phase three. Yeah. yeah. That was like where we were ripening. But then on Friday, we went in, we killed it in four poles. Oh, very cool. Very and awesome. Then uh we went and we did jailer rounds again. And so we got through all of that. And we had like an hour and a half left in raid. Oh Jesus, that's awesome. Uh that was really, really nice. 
Um, so at that point we went and what we're doing is we're f doing a full clear of Sepulchre to finish off people's meta achievements for that. Mm -hmm. Then we're going to go to Sanctum and work on people's meta achievements for that. We have gotcha. to do one more Denathrius kill for the remaining like five people that, you know, weren't in comp for, uh, our Denathrius kill this week mm -hmm. to go and get it next week. Um, so that's kind of like the plan for next week is Jailer Mounts and Denathrius stuff. Uh, but honestly, like we're pretty close to having our uh, our meta achievements all like knocked out. Like everything, that's awesome. everything that's left. I have a spreadsheet. Everything that's left in yeah, poker. Everything I made one for my team too. <laughs> uh, everything that's left in poker gets knocked out either this week um, with just doing the like we have to say in Pantheon and live them left. We go and do those tonight. No big yeah. deal. Um, and then next week we do Lords and Jailer and knock out the rest. Um, and then we have to go back and do a lot in Sanctum, actually. It's crazy. Yeah. Like Sanctum is just wild compared to everything else. That's uh, funny. And then, then Castle Nathria is like mostly don't need anything. I actually think I made it. I think this guy has Denathrius, but like pretty yeah. much we knock out the rest on our next Castle Nathria clear. Oh, nice. And that's it. Um, and actually, there's a pretty solid chance that I will end up getting the meta despite re-rolling back the monk. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'll get the Sepulchre one tonight because we're finishing our full clear of that. Um, I don't know if we're going to get all the way through Sanctum. I hope we do. But also, it's 10 bosses and a lot Big. of trash. A lot yeah. of trash. Yeah, Sanctum is a is a is a very big raid. So, that's um, oh, so yeah, it's funny. I, I also made a spreadsheet because I was the one like I I don't I don't know if our raid leaders weren't doing. It. I was just annoyed about not knowing what we needed to do. So I went through and and built my own spreadsheet to track all that. So luckily we got yeah. luckily most of ours were like end boss kills. I think we had yeah um, end boss kills are the big thing for us too. Yeah. So. But yeah um well cool well awesome sounds like you got a plan for the raid so you're still raiding your two nights a week still so you're doing your still your friday sunday stuff tentatively until we get so we still need i think we need two more jailer kills to get the rest of our mounts it's like we oh. need like three mounts so we gotcha, could technically yeah. like, like try to sell one but yeah yeah um and i think we're done with sylvanas mounts uh and so the rest is just like getting portals. So I think we're planning to actually like go through and get portals for gotcha. people. Um, but besides that, uh, what I think the goal is we get a lot of our portal progress done this week and next week. Mm -hmm. And then the remaining two weeks, uh, we do like one night and just do jailer kills. Yeah, that'd be cool. That'd be cool. Awesome. Awesome. Well, um, yeah, ratings slowly wind down in Shadowlands. We'll talk. I think yeah. that's gonna be that's that's gonna be our plan. I think over the next couple of weeks is we'll do little retrospective uh, episodes on each tier, what we liked, what we didn't like, um, and try and remember because it's been like while this has been a fairly quick expansion, it feels like it's lasted forever. Um, has it though? Like I was looking at people's uh, Denathrius kills, and they are from like spring and early summer, twenty twenty one. Yeah, which is which isn't that long ago <laughs> but 
Like okay, so Castle ago. Nathria released, right? Castle Nathria, actually, that's not even right. It's April 2021 is like Sanctum release. Yeah, Cause, like right before. Right, because like um, Dina- Castle Nathria released in December 2020. Yeah. Vault is releasing. This actually is one of the first times that without having an insane content drought, they have actually done an expansion in two years. And Which it is, is primarily because they skipped, you know, 9.3. Yeah. That presumably would have existed. But, yeah. you know. Which is funny. Which is funny. But yeah, no, they, they nailed it finally. Um, but yeah, we'll do, we'll do, I think, in the next couple episodes, do like a quick little retrospective on how we how we thought about those fun three tiers we've been through. Yes. Um, yes. Well, cool. I guess we'll we'll do a little bit of recap of last week and then like you said we'll get into some of the the bigger changes on beta this week, talk through some of those. So, um a couple of quick hitters as I like to say. Um we had a bunch of tweets and a couple of posts and then a live stream by Preach. And so if you guys don't know who Preach is, he's a very old school wow content creator. Um, basically last year sort of stepped away from creating content specifically for WoW, focused more on MMOs in general, a lot of Final Fantasy stuff, um, but he's back. Um, and sort of he put out a couple of tweets that he was at Blizzard campus and then he did a live stream um, after his trip out there because um, he's from England um, and did a live stream about what he was doing. And so the live streams about four or five hours long. I, I mean, you can watch it all if you want, um, but the gist of what he said is it he had reached out to blizzard about doing a series of interviews not just one interview not just sort of the typical media like release like expansion release coming up let's do like an interview and talk about a couple of fluff questions and go through it so right he sort of said like i wanted to sit down and actually you know interview folks like speak with them spend some time in and around the team learn some stuff and so he's got a bunch of interviews queued up i think he said he talked to like almost like 20 plus people while he was there um in various things, focused mostly on WoW, did touch a little bit on Classic WoW, and I think ancillary some of the other teams. Um, but most of this will be about WoW. And um, yeah, he didn't release any of the interviews yet, but it'll be interesting to see what he actually talked about. Um, because the, the I guess the guiding, or the, the main thread that I got from sort of watching his live stream recap of like what he did there to do was that like a lot of people at Blizzard are talking about Dragonflight starting essentially like the third era of WoW, which is like a weird descriptor, but like I get where they're coming from, which is like the first era was essentially probably everything. You could set everything up until like Wrath as like era one and then everything from like Kata to now is like era two. Um, Maybe 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 Kata falls in era one and Uh, MOP is era two because of talents. I actually kind of I think it depends on how you break it down, right? Because yeah. if you, I think the most significant thing is actually borrowed power, right? Which is very it much a legion, legion thing, yeah. right? Yeah. That's like Legion BFA Shadowlands. So you could argue that the first era is like you know vanilla through wad, which seems weird to me considering the talent and like class reworks that happen right. with MOP. That like right, you almost take that rework and borrow power stick them together as era two and then like this new anyway yeah, yeah semantically it's it is what it is but they talked about this being <laughs> like a, a generally preaches point of view is that there's like a design shift and what how they look at wow starting with dragonflight and moving forward yeah um and it talks very much about something i think we've mentioned which is that most expansions seem like self-contained things like right the 
the story, everything that you do inside of them are only meant for that expansion. And there's a huge amount of stuff that gets left behind every time yeah. we move forward. Like almost to release of expansion, Blizzard thinks everything has to be brand new. Right. Um, and they talked a little bit about this, like in Preach said, mentioned some of this in the video, talking a little bit about like expeditions and war fronts and islands, right? Which are major feature features of those expansions. A lot of them those, fell flat. Yeah, those are like box features of BFA too, right? Yeah, and uh, fell sort of flat. But the thing is, the tech from a lot of that is reused elsewhere. Like a lot, I think they mentioned like a lot of Torghast is built on top of what they did, like what they previously had built for things like that. So... Sometimes players don't put two and one together. In any event, um, excited to see these, I guess, would be the idea. Um, sort of a, yeah. an announcement before the announcement. But it seems like Preach is has got a bunch of like content lined up to start releasing and, and a lot of interviews. So yeah, um, if you like Blizzard stuff, it seems like it'd be cool. I, I personally think Preach is a pretty good creator in general. Like I used to watch a lot of his stuff like um, yeah. when, he, when he did do well things. So, I mean, I'm excited just based on that. But, um, but yeah, we'll see. If you, haven't, if you haven't watched some of his early like videos on Final Fantasy and comparing and contrasting with WoW, I think they're very good and insightful videos that are mm-hmm. worth going and looking at. Um, yeah, I think Dragonline is going to be very interesting. I'm curious what these interviews are going to look like. Yeah, uh, so am I. It's going to be a very interesting expansion. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and very like I, I, I was actually doing I did a couple of leveling runs over the past like three weeks. Once you had max, there's like not not that there's not a lot to do, but there's not a like looming bar to fill, I'll say, which is yeah. like the it'll be interesting to see how how I play it because I'm very much a fill up bar type player. So, um, yeah, I, I mean, that's one of the most exciting things for me. Right. Like I'm the yeah. kind of person that has my experience bar turned off. Oh no, not me! Oh god, I'm having anxiety, like, dude. <laughs> what? When I'm leveling, I turn my experience bar off and I just go. Which I actually I have to figure out how to do that in the new UI because it doesn't let you. It's not one of the editable things yeah. in the new UI. Uh, so I got to figure out how I'm doing that. But I am going to be turning the experience bar off for leveling in Dragonflight, just because I don't know the bar being there is like constantly distracting. Yeah, it's like it's yeah. like the the washed pot never boils kind of thing, where That's like yeah. because the bar is there, I'm like I'm like watching it and watching it and seeing it tick up at little bits, and it's just <laughs> too slow. That's the best part. Everything you do, the bar, like you can see it just move a little bit further, a little bit further. So yeah, oh, that's awesome. Um, but yeah, no. So hopefully, you know, or not hopefully, but these interviews should. I don't know. I don't. I don't remember. So I did watch the whole his release live stream. Don't remember exactly if or when he said these were released, but I think we both sort of figured probably sometime between yeah. BFA or before BFA launched. So be on the lookout for those. Um, we'll probably talk about them to be completely honest once they start going up. So yeah. Um, yeah. So cool. So then next up in news is Wow Up, the add on manager for World of Warcraft that many people love and enjoy, um, released a large or released a large new. Um, I guess update this week um, with curse integration included, which if you remember a lot of the wow add-on manager issues, uh, curse uh, forge, which is probably the largest add-on repository for world of Warcraft add-ons um, was purchased by Overwolf, 
And yeah. uh, Overwolf made a couple of API changes and basically broke every third-party add-on manager. Um, yeah. For lack, for quick and dirty, just broke them. Um, and so now, um, an Overwatch Overwolf has their own add-on manager. Some people don't like it. It's a little weird. Um, but uh, yeah, so Wow Up now allows you to is officially supported. I guess for now, uh, supports CurseForge um, as long as you have ads enabled on the Wow Up interface slight caveat there's actually a second application for wow up with Chris oh yeah, support yeah. so right now there's actually two different versions of it one that has wago support and one that has curseworks support which is kind of like eh. but at the same time like one of the reasons this is happening is that in the aftermath of the overwolf acquisition there was a big shift towards people kind of double listing their add-ons they would put them up on wago and they would put them up on curseforge mm -hmm. so like the the monopoly that curseforge had before it was acquired by um overwolf in a you know unsurprising twist was not actually a monopoly it was just kind of a monopoly of convenience not actual right. like market capture it was just convenient to use curseforge and as soon as it stopped you know it's not that hard to upload your add-on in two places exactly exactly so um so yeah so i mean i guess good news if you still you know want to use wow up now to update your curseforge add-ons sucks if you need to update Wago add-ons. Um, you can, I think they said, you can run both side-by-side, -side, so both versions of yeah. WoW can be run side-by-side, -side, but doesn't mean you need two to do it. Um, I immediately uninstalled CurseForge and installed WoW, uh, I'll tell you. Um, yeah, I hate I'm, that. I'm really tempted to, because the CurseForge one is actually really slow to let you actually update add-ons. Do you want to know start. why? I heard about the ad thing. I heard about yeah. the ad thing. I'm not totally convinced. I think it actually is related to like sometimes the ad, like it it doesn't let you until the ad actually like finishes loading. But sometimes my ad just never loads. But I found that if you switch tabs in it and then switch back, it'll just let you do it. So I think oh, it's actually, okay. I don't, I suspect it's not actually like, I, I think it is intentional that like requires the ad to load. Right. Um, but it but doesn't I, have a timeout. On that. I don't think it actually has a timeout. Yeah. I think Which it's just a bug that sometimes the ad never loads and therefore you can't actually update because I've I've had it like sit there for like 10 minutes before. That's not oh, waiting yeah. for an ad to play. No, no, no. Yeah, that's true. That is true. So, um, uh, but yeah, so the, the, the thing going around, I guess, for context, so people actually know what I'm talking about is there's this thing going around that like it waits for the first ad to finish playing before it lets you hit the update button. Um, I think a lot of it is actually that it waits for the ads to load and the code is just broken. Yeah. Cause yeah, because like some, the ad, sometimes the ad, the ad, ad doesn't up. load or it loads, but never actually lets you hit update. I think it's just broken. Yeah. Like this is one of those, like never, never attribute to malice. What can be explained by incompetence. I think that, I think the code's just broken. Yeah. That would make better sense. Cause typically when it hangs for me, it is the fact that the ad just never shows up. And so it's yeah. just like, and and sorry, just so people are aware, this is the Curse Forge. This is the Curse Forge one, what, yes. Not Wow yes. Up, yeah. Um, um, yeah. But yeah. Um, so Wow Up works now with Curse Forge, which is great. Uh, if you you know you want to use Wow Up, you can in an official. At least they said 
the note that I read was pretty, or the, the release was pretty funny, is that it's basically like, it works for now. We don't know how long it's going to work for, but they're letting us use it for now. It seems like a very, not a very, I guess, good, not good part. Maybe that's the wrong word, but it's not a very, like, tight partnership, we'll say. Or like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> interesting. Um, and um, I guess moving forward from there, a couple other pre-patch things is the second chapter of Dragonflight Legacies was released. This is, of course, uh, Blizzard always does this. It's like uh, a bunch of short videos um, and sort of a very, in this case, a very interesting art style. I really like it. Um, but typically it's like a uh, like a, a hand-drawn type thing. They did this all the way starting back in WAD. And they've done it for basically every expansion since. Right. To introduce like the characters and the story, Chapter 2 of Legacy, Dragonflight Legacies came out. Um, talks a little bit about Nose Adormo and uh, the dragon aspects and their betrayal by uh, Natharian, or yeah, Nelthorian. I always mess, mess up his name. Mm-hmm. Um, it's amazing. They they literally, like, give me a TV series in this art style about this same stuff, and I will pay Netflix any amount of money they want to watch it. Like, you will. huge fan. I Maybe not any amount of money, but <laughs> I'm a huge fan. Like, they, like, yeah, yeah. They should, yeah. Exp- like, in my mind, this is sort of like Blizzard, like, Taking this exact art style and doing something like Riot did with Arcane, like so, if you guys don't know, yes. Arcane is is yes. essentially League of Legends lore, but in an anime or like in like a store, like a a long form, like episodic TV show format. Um, and yeah, so like Riot did that with Arcane. Honestly, I cannot speak highly enough of watching that. Even if you know nothing about League of Legends, which I don't play yeah. it, it's still yeah. like art style is great. Like music is amazing. Um, yeah, the story you, you is don't. Cool. You don't need like as somebody that played a ton of league back in the day. They have like, uh, they are honestly possibly just straight up worse than Blizzard when it comes to retconning their own lore. So <laughs> none of it has anything to do like the names are the same, but the places are not, kind of mm-hmm. thing. Um, uh, so the the it has very little to do with like the old lore that was present when I played like five years ago, right? So yeah, it's uh, it's arcane is worth a watch. These legacy shorts are also worth a watch. Um, and uh, I actually have to say, I have not watched either one yet. I think Nam is having some microphone issues. Anyway. <laughs> Uh, moving on, uh, they have done a couple more pieces of testing this week. Um, they've got the pre-patch event is being retested. I have actually Sorry. heard. Oh, welcome back. Sorry, my uh, my my audio drivers crashed in the middle there. Ah, I'm back. My fault. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So they've had more pre-patch event testing this week yes i've heard uh, literally nothing about it i've done it yeah uh, it's same, same not, feedback yeah i mean I've, i haven't done the dungeon yet from my understanding okay. dungeon is literally just generally Aldemon um scaled oh, up um no, so absolutely not yeah having uh, having uh, done Aldemon in the not too distant past um the new dungeon has like it's obviously the same setting right it is Ultiman. Mm-hmm. but like 
where the old Ulan was this huge sprawling labyrinth thing like all of the old classic dungeons were yeah um this was a lot more of a modern dungeon it's kind of like the change from the old dead mines to whatever uh was it wad that redid the dead mines or bob or kata i think it was kata it was kata yeah yeah it's like the difference between kata dead mines and the original dead mines yeah yeah so I've not done that part. I did the event. It's, I mean, you, it's like invasions. It's just, it's legion you invasions, go, but yeah, you go to a mentals. place. Yeah. You kill elementals. They fill up a bar. You kill a boss. You get, yeah. you get a currency that you can then turn in to get two seventy two gear or like two fifty two somewhere in there. Like between yeah. 252, it's, it's 272. 252 last I checked. Oh yeah. It's um, like, um, below normal faded gear. Yeah, which if you have any alts that you haven't taken into raids yet, it's a nice catch up. Like I'll use it on my druid who I just yeah. it uh, just hit sixty like a week or two ago. Um, I'll do that. I'll sort of just waiting to to do that on that, um, and then probably for the, my evoker, which I will try and level before pre patch, um, or sorry before the before release. Um, do some of that there, but um. It's it's super big. I mean, I think the big thing with pre patch now is going to be like you can now level evokers, and that'll be yeah. fun. Um, that I think and, is going to uh, be the bigger thing. They start at level yeah. fifty eight, right? So you just do like the evoker Correct. starting area, and then you're sixty, pretty much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so you can jump right in, so it's not not too too bad um, with that stuff. So, um, cool. Um, yeah, pre patch. This pre patch, I, I feel, is just generally weak. Um, just feels weaker although i to be completely honest with you i don't remember the shadowlands pre-patch so it it, it like wasn't anything okay cool so the same um it it was even lighter than this though like i genuinely i think there was like a scourge invasion kind of thing but i completely missed that it ever happened oh interesting did not realize that Um, exactly right like at least at least you probably noticed the um invasions because yeah. oh nathanos you remember nathanos and like he dropped a bag in oh, eastern right. lands you had to kill him right yes yeah okay yeah i do remember that that's it yeah this it's boring um it's pre-patch i think the big thing will be evokers come out which will be what everybody's sort of focused on so yeah yeah um for sure so cool. Um, so next up in last week's stuff, um, they have animated the login screen for Dragonflight, which is, I, th- I don't know, I love, I think all the all the login screens are sort of iconic, and this one's kind of, kind of I don't know about iconic, but it's cool. The login screen itself is the City Valdraken, um, so it's sort of an, yeah. uh, an outside shot of it shooting up from it. And now with the animation, you'll see Alex Straza sort of, fly in, perch on one of the tall spire things, and then she leaps off of that a couple seconds later and sort of flies in front of the camera. Um, and, like, the clouds are moving now, like, around the city. Um, there's a couple of, like, you can see smaller, I think they're probably, like, Drakthir things flying in the distance. They almost look like ants or gnats on your screen. Yeah. They're, they're pretty tiny. It already had, like, um, the animated water and stuff. So they've added a bunch more yeah. detail to it, which actually makes me really curious if we're going to see further updates. Like, are we going to see with, like, another major patch or even further in the pre-patch are we yeah. gonna see it like get a black dragon and a blue dragon and all of that maybe 
or is it just going to be because there's four more there's three more pillars true which is uh, alex Charles like comes in and purchase on one of the pillars and there's or one of the platforms and there's like there's other platforms yeah maybe maybe they'll sort of as the story changes or as it exp- yeah. that's something they've never really done is they haven't really changed the login screen yeah mid expansion right it's always been at launch so that'd be interesting be interesting yeah um but yeah they updated it looks cool i i don't know like can't ever say enough about blizzard's art team so kill it every expansion like regardless um you know i think that that's probably one of their biggest strong suits so um the other thing that sort of came from beta is there was data mining of a couple of account wide unlock achievements particularly mm-hmm. around Renowned. So Renowned, if you guys aren't aware, Renowned is coming back. It's really just a different way to say reputation for the four, I think there's four or five uh, major reputations in Dragonflight 4, I believe. Um, and so now as you sort of level up with them, you gain Renowned levels, similar to Covenant levels. Um, but what they've added is two new achievements or two new sort of um, perks when you reach level 10. And then again, when you reach level 20, um, uh, with a uh, with a reputation, um, you then increase the reputation or renown gains uh, for your other characters on that same account below that level. So if you reach level ten on one character, every other character gains a hundred percent increased renown gain with that same faction below level ten. And then when you reach a rank twenty, um, they'll get two hundred percent increased. Um, or sorry, a hundred percent between eleven and twenty, and then two hundred percent below level 10 10 and below so yeah. um nice little catch up for your alts here um what is your one of the most like through. persistent requests has been account-wide reputations or at least something to like help you catch up on alts with reputations and this this is that like it's called renowned but that's more of because they are looking to supplant the old reputation system with something that is more like renowned and they, we've talked about this before on the show, but the, the TLDR is that reputation both gains and um, rewards are very hidden. Um, like, you have to go and find a vendor in order to tell what you get from reputation. Yeah. The renowned stuff, it just, like, has a UI that tells you what you get from it or what you, yeah, can, what you- can get from it. Or, like, maybe it tells you where a vendor you've unlocked is, right? Yeah, it's much more front and center. Um, so, yeah, but this this is good. Yeah, it's a nice nice catch up thing that they're keeping in the game. I think that's the one thing that maybe Blizzard is realizing. And it's funny, I, it's this might be a. I don't want to read too much into this, right? But if you if you've been around, uh, particularly Ian enough, the game director, he's very much a a single character type player in mm-hmm. terms of like his play style. Um, at least what I know of him, right? And like I think that's been a lot of his maybe not his direct in his direct direction, but like with him leading this team now, the idea of like doing everything within one character, raising that power of one character, is maybe that's starting to weak. Like that res- like that design direction is seems to be weakening in Dragonflight, and it's much more a like you play an account, like you play the game however you want. You can if you want to play multiple characters, you can, and we'll we won't let you like play not i guess not as go as far as like the one like the job system in final fantasy right where right. like put enough catch-up mechanics around if you want to play an alt you're not months behind you might be like a week or two behind like your main character yeah. so yeah the um, renowned catch-up is very good 
um, for that. And it's it has a balance between like not letting your alts just instantly be at the level that your main is, mm-hmm. but also making it you know a lot easier to catch up on it. Exactly. And in combination with the lack of anything like artifact power, um, it will be a lot easier to keep up a second character because it, like you know, if you look at BFA, you had to keep up on not only gear and reputations and artifact power in dragonflight it's really just like gear and reputation you can kind of catch up on with the help of this buff yeah and then there's no artifact power equivalent yeah which is yeah which is awesome and even i mean they eventually added those sort of catch-ups to some of those systems it's just you by the time they did that, I felt like the system didn't matter, right? Or you were you were already sort of ingrained in like I wanting to grind this thing that um yeah, it was it was a little too late. So um yeah. but yeah, good good some good catch-up systems. Um if you like to play multiple characters. Um so cool. So then I guess the only other final thing before we jump into some of the major ma- the more I guess impactful changes this week is there was raid testing this week. On Friday, it was Primal Council and Krog Grim Totem. Um, I, of course, didn't do it. I was fortunately at work um, yeah. late on Friday. Um, I think you said you were you were busy, so you didn't get a chance to Yeah, people to in my guild did it. Um, I did not do it. It sounds like, like on Primal Council, it's still a fiesta, but they seem to have increased the amount of time it takes for you to spread your lightning debuff which was a major problem before of like it came out and if you were in melee because you're a melee dps it just mm-hmm. instantly spreads to everybody around you and then you all die so there's a little bit more of a grace period now um and then i think they took the cleave off of the blizzard mechanic okay. on, on primal council um and then on grim totem I honestly couldn't tell you what changed because I didn't test the mythic version of that boss the first time. Um, Gotcha. But I actually think, so I think the real reason that they tested both of these bosses was for tuning. Because if you look at what the bosses are, um, like single, pure single target, I don't think they really need help tuning. Yeah. They, they, like a target dummy is good enough. Um, What these bosses are, Primal Council is sustained for target cleave. Like, it's just AoE all the time. Um, and then Kurag Grim-, Grim Totem is kind of more similar to, like, the Hectic Ag Cleave kind of style, where there's sometimes adds up, sometimes not. You want to, like, priority kill some adds, and you can kind of just cleave others. So there's a lot more variability in the damage profile. Mm-hmm. And it's, in a lot of ways, kind of maybe a catch-all. But, like, I-, I think the real thing that they're doing here is actually just, like, getting data for tuning makes sense it makes sense and we'll get to maybe a little bit of why they're doing some of that (laughs) in a couple minutes because there's a fairly major change that we'll get to yeah yeah um but yeah so um yeah i think you you had some of the same sentiments i heard didn't do the testing but also heard that yeah it was uh not too much had changed i think within the fights themselves um right but uh just more more mythic testing. We're getting closer and closer. So, um, so cool. So, um, I guess moving into some of the more major beta changes this week or updates, however you want to look at it. Um, there was a bunch of class changes. Um, major focuses. I mean, major focus was elemental shaman, which got 
uh, or sorry, enhancement, I guess, or shaman in general, enhancement elemental got uh, a ton of either increase or decreases, depending. Enhancement was like minus 25% damage, just flat. Just yeah, just flat in the aura. Great just 25% aura, damage minus. off. Um, Priest got a ton of changes um, across the board. Disc, Holy, and Shadow. Just, I don't even know much about Priest. Not to get into it, but their list is long uh, and distinguished. There um, is one change for Priest that, like, overrides all others and that is that for discipline evangelism's cooldown went to three minutes from 90 seconds they doubled its cooldown right um and that's very significant they did revert that okay they reverted it and then applied other nerfs gotcha yeah because i remember the (laughs) waking up to this and seeing some of the priests that i follow on twitter priests in my (laughs) guild were losing their minds yeah because evangelism yeah. is like core to how disc priest plays. It's like taking, like the whole thing with disc priests is like they do their ramp, and then mm-hmm. they do nothing until their yeah. next ramp, basically. And so their ramp is built around evangelism. And if evangelism goes from a ninety second cooldown to a three minute cooldown, that Massive. doesn't just reduce their throughput. It means that you're like you don't AFK. You do some healing, but it's not like very good healing. And then every three minutes, you have really, really, really good healing, like burst healing. Um, And actually, funnily enough, with Evangelism being three minutes, they actually would have just been like shitty Resto Druids. (laughs) That's awesome. Um, But yeah, so tons of class changes. But the one I think we wanted to touch on a little bit, a little bit closer to what we know more of is Windwalker Monk. Um, so Windwalker Monk received a bunch of changes this week, and uh, honestly, all of them were just damage reductions. Um, so there was a ton of reduction just across the board of Windwalker damage. Um, you know, name a spell, and it probably got hit, including some of their cooldowns, like Sturm, Earth, and uh, Sturm, Storm, Earth, and Fire, um, got its transfer reduced slightly. Um, Invoke Zwin got its duration reduced. Um, Serenity got its increase uh, reduced too. So lots of lots of reductions uh, in Windwalker. Um, to be honest, I haven't I don't know exactly what this means. In my mind, they're now essentially an unplayable class, but I think uh, Babs thir- and the team <laughs> 13 point something percent damage reduction is gotcha. what it works out to. Um and I mean obviously that hurts, but they're fine. Yeah, they'll live. <laughs> they'll live. Um, yeah. Well, they were, they were, they were, they were like the high. Weren't they the highest damage melee like through most of testing? Yes. I feel like, yeah. Okay, that's so. that's why they got the thirteen percent nerf, and that's also yeah. why enhancement shaman got the nerf. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, uh, yeah. One of my friends who's mostly a resto shaman was playing enhance and crushing like mythic plus even right now. I'm like, yeah, that yeah. doesn't seem right. <laughs> You're not that good of a uh, DPS player. <laughs> just got to get the hot hands. That's all you need. Oh, God, yeah. That's what my enhancement shamans have told me. You just got to get the hot hands. When you got the hot hands, everything, like, the world's your oyster. That's fair. That's fair. Um, but, yeah, it's like, I guess, so 30% nerf to Windwalker. Um, but, again, they were already, like we said, like, some of the highest damage dealers um, on beta right now. So trying to bring everything in line, I think you'd expect to see something like this. So, yeah. Um, so cool. Um, the other thing 
um, is we are slowly getting, I think th- this is the final dungeon, I think. This is the final dungeon. Yeah, so Temple of the Jade Serpent is available right now to test in Mythic Plus. A um, couple of boss and trash reworks along with this enablement. I have not done this dungeon in Mythic Plus. Did this dungeon a ton back in MOP when it was relevant. Or not relevant, I guess, when it was the original. It wasn't it. relevant yeah. in MOP either. Is this like, th- when did you do Heroics for at MOP after you got your initials to the gear? I don't know. There was dailies there, weren't there? You There was a, there was a, wasn't there a daily heroic quest? For rep? Yeah, well. The bars go up, Emelson. The bars go up. There's always a bar it to go It might up. have given, like, justice <laughs> or something. I probably yeah, it gave something weird. Um, I don't know. I liked, I liked, to be completely honest with you, Temple was, I, I enjoyed Temple. Other than I don't know how to do the cauldron boss or like the this the boss you generally did second in that place. Um yeah. where you go through the library. Yeah. Like I don't I don't. Well the, the boss just like didn't have mechanics if you had people that were geared because they just killed it. But it was right? the different every week, I felt like. There was like different yeah, things. It was. That yes. Yeah, I do, okay. Again, did not realize that for like most of the expansion. Um Yeah. Because it just died. <laughs> that's true. That's true. Um, uh, I remember going through there and the main issue being that you would get, you would just instantly trigger every stage of the RP. Oh, yeah. True. So you would just like sit there, you would do like 10 seconds of damage and then you would hit the next RP and you just have to sit there and wait. Yeah, but after that, like the, 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 the dragon boss was good. The, like the one that would swap forms. That was a yeah. fun boss. Um, the yeah. third boss. And then the last boss was cool too with like some of the, it would like split. You have to damage your thing and kill it, and then you could kill help other people's kill their thing. I believe the way. Yeah, it yeah. Um, uh, fun, so. fun thing about the dragon boss: heavy magic damage. We'll come back to that. Heavy <laughs> magic damage. Nice. Um, <laughs> so Jade Serpent, Temple of the Jade Serpent. I'm sorry, is available for Mythic Plus testing. This means that every dungeon. I don't know if they're all open right now. I haven't been on beta this weekend, um, but uh, there are now at least every one of them has been enabled for at least some testing. Um, so if you're a mythic plus player, get in there, test it out. Um, it's, uh, I feel like, I feel like what I've been hearing is that all the old dungeons fairly, not easy, but easier. All the new dungeons, extremely difficult <laughs> in terms of mythic plus scaling. So, yeah. yeah, um, I guess maybe week one, you're hoping your keys roll old dungeons, uh, instead of new ones. Um, <laughs> so, um, so cool. That's temples available. Go out, test it. It'll be fun. Um, I guess here coming up next is probably the biggest thing we'll, we'll spend a, a little bit of time on this one is um, Blizzard has made some changes. Um, notably, they've increased uh, player stamina at level 70 by 40% and increased creature damage by the exact same amount, 40%. Um, so basically giving you a lot more health, uh, made things do a lot more damage, but yet not increased the power of particularly healers and tanks right in this regard i I think mainly this will mostly hit on healers impact on tanks is very uneven um healers are the big like losers here where real like they just effectively do 40 percent. it's not it's like 30 percent less healing uh, because math but they effectively do 30 percent less healing it's not ideal um for tanks the impact is a lot more varied uh if you look at something like blood decay um their primary mitigation is in two forms they've got armor a little bit just a little bit 
so that's not too big of a deal. They've got Parry, which scales with damage intake, so that's fine. Uh, and then they've got Death Strike, which also scales with damage intake. And so they're all, honestly, they're, they're fine. They're, they're mm -hmm. cruising. Um, but then you have something like a Protection Paladin, um, where their mitigation, they've got a few different forms of like small passive DRs with stuff like Consecration um, and Block. And then they've got their heals, so they're all based on their attack power which is not getting scaled up by this and actually got a nerf like in the beta. Mm -hmm. um, so that's one of those things where like they may have to go and undo those nerfs to protection held and healing because it's not getting scaled up by this. And honestly, WOG kind of sucks now. Yeah. Um, and then you have Brewmaster, which is in this very weird place um, where like half of our heals are fine. But then two of the major sources of our incoming healing are not. Specifically, like if you look at a Brewmaster's healing breakdown, there's probably in the top three spells there are going to be two. Celestial Fortune, which is when you get healed, you get an additional heal, basically. Um, but since the damage went up, but like the amount you're getting healed didn't go up, that effectively also eats the 30% nerf. Um, Gift of the Ox you get one orb for every 100% of your HP you take in damage. That ended up not changing effectively at all uh, because we're taking 40% more damage, but now we have 40% more health, so it all, like, evens mm -hmm. out. Um, and the amount of healing per orb is based on your attack power. So that, again, 30% nerf, effectively. Yeah. Uh, but then we have Stagger and Dodge and Purifying Brew uh, that are all based on damage taken. So those are all fine. And then Celestial Brew, which is based on attack power and is maybe maybe not as fine. So it's like Brewmaster is in a very weird space where like there's basically like two classes of tanks, right? There's ones that scale up with this without issue, um, like uh, Blood Decay. <laughs> and people, people are talking about like people put Warrior in the other camp, but they're wrong uh they're just wrong because they look at what you can see on the meter for a prep warrior which is ignore pain and ignore pain is not not what makes warrior good <laughs> not even a little bit close to what makes warrior good crit block and block are what make a warrior good and those scale up perfectly fine um ignore pain is based on attack power and gets worse but gotcha. it's it's like Prot Warrior is still going to like currently the best tank. Uh, well, and then you've got the ones like there's a spectrum. There's the ones that are perfectly fine and the ones that are very not yeah. okay. And then in between there's stuff like Brewmaster where it's like Brewmaster got worse, but by how much it's kind of hard to say like rate, rate yeah. testing is not open for us to like the rate testing on Friday. This is actually where I think a lot of the tuning stuff comes in. They were looking at healing numbers, I think more yeah. so the damage numbers healing numbers damage intake numbers on tanks um and trying to figure that out brewmaster honestly seemed fine in that round of mythic testing like mm -hmm. brewmaster deaths were not a problem in the raid testing that i saw yeah um but at the same time uh are they worse now than bringing a you know blood dk or protection warrior 
possibly, but they still bring 5% physical damage taken. So they've got Need that one. going for them. Yeah. So if you're a raid buff, basically. Yeah, no, I think, I mean, they've, it's funny. They've done this. They've done this a couple times before. I feel like they go back and do this sort of stamina thing every couple of expansions if they're not doing like a full squish, right? Because I think right. there's always this eventuality that power, like player, individual player power, meaning like your attack power, spell power, whatever it ends up being, right? Always outscales your stamina gains to the point of like, yeah. and they put this in the thing where it's like, essentially it becomes a, if you're a healer particularly, it's essentially every damage event is a lethal damage event. So if someone isn't topped fully, they're dead. Right. And so it becomes a sort of game of reactionary, like how quickly can you react to top someone after they take damage to ensure that the next damage event that comes in doesn't kill them? Because that's really the only way to put pressure on healers um, in yeah. like the grand scheme of things. Right. Th um, this is like ICC kind of problem where like in yeah. ICC, this was the, the damage profile. You were either full or you were dead. Um, right. And it was honestly just not very good. Yeah, no, it's, I mean, it's, and it, at that point, healers, like you become, the healing becomes just cooldown based, right? Because that's the only yeah. way, like, to really pressure a healer, you have to put, do a bunch of damage to a large amount of players as quickly as possible. And to mitigate that, healers will use cooldown. So, um, yeah. well, you're right. This is a general nerf to like your individual healing on a target. If we think about it in a more larger scheme, it's generally probably a good thing, right? In terms of like, there's no longer that sort of emergency need to top everyone at all times. It becomes right. much more of a game of as a healer identifying who needs to be topped yeah. and prioritizing them and then letting your like, you know, trickle heals heal other characters, right? Like whether that's like yeah. your, um, what's the, I forget the shaman AOE, but it's like if whether that's your F-Low and Hots on a Druid, um, it's like renewing mist and things on your Monk, um, things like that you can slowly let players who are not in danger tick up um based on this but yeah people are some healers are like really pissed they're like now we can't use like most some of the most like now we can't use vivify because it doesn't top players anymore it's like well it, you still you still use it because it's good and like now you just have yeah. to cast two of them instead of one of them or even a half yeah. of them in certain cases right if it crit um yeah it, it's, it's uh got all so one of the things with this if they don't change creature damage at all at level 70 then this doesn't do anything for the burstiness, right? Because the yeah. damage went up by the same same amount as your HP. But what this it basically is going to make it easier for them to have that kind of middle ground where some of the enemies are going to get nerfs, where initially they're also going up by 40%, but by the time all the math is done and in the game, they're going to be going up by 25% or something like that. Yeah, And like technically you can do that already. Like they didn't need to necessarily do it this way they could have done it other ways by like applying a blanket nerf to all healers by 30 percent but uh you know <laughs> this yeah, headline that's... is a little bit more palatable i think yeah it also it also in general like doing the doing it the reverse of like nerfing like in this case like healer power um across the board it's just a lot like this is a this is also a much cleaner way of doing that because like even just thinking about monks, like there is so much weird interconnectedness of certain spells that like some yeah. of our healing isn't categorized as like a misweaver spell. So it's like if they just filter on that, like 
They nerf yeah. everything but like one spell that happens to be and like that, super that one right? spell just like warps everything around yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Or like they or it has the unintended consequences of like Mistweaver now got caught up in the Windwalker nerf to ancient teach or to teachings of the monastery. They changed the proc chance of that and because the class skill it affects every piece of the class. So like now we reset rising sun kick, you know, whatever percent less because they've changed yeah. the reset chance. Brewmaster, um, notably not affected by that because they did not give us teachings of the monastery. Yeah, so it's well, yeah. It's it's funny that they didn't give you guys that. Um but yeah, yeah. so I mean like I think that's this is in my mind like their goal, which they're very clear about, is like, look, we want to get rid of like spiky damage that needs to be like healed up immediately, and that creates like probably just they don't say this out loud, but it just creates unfun situations for healers. Yeah. Um, um, where like you literally know someone's about to die because you can't top them, but you're also focusing on like the four other people that are getting healed, are about right? to die. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And there's also um, like this is, I guess, another in the line of things that they've done over the past you know, a few years to make healing in raids less bursty. One of yeah. which, like, if you look at the damage profile in Castle Nathria, um, it's pretty much all damage taken, right? It's all, like, if you look at blood price or something like that, you needed a cooldown for it to live it. Mm -hmm. uh, season 4, not so much, but in Season 1, you you definitely did. Um, yeah. Or at least to live it consistently, because it was very much like if you didn't have a cooldown coming down from blood price, the next damage events would kill you. Right. Um, so now they've switched to using a lot more healing reductions and healing absorbs. You look at something like Sylvanas Veils or Rigolon's healing absorb, which a lot of DPS don't realize even exists. Yeah. No, it's it's always fun. <laughs> um, on that one. And stuff like the healing absorbs on each other. Like they they started using other things that require healing, but don't require like instantly topping people right yeah because they can give you a healing absorb for your whole health bar and that's fine it, it, you yeah. still have a a long time before you just die to other incidental damage whereas if they if they did something like the final fantasy style like set everybody's hp to one kind of effect yeah. and then just like or, uh, the healers you have five seconds to save them you know that's very yeah. very different yeah, it's also it's also like I'll tell you as a as a throughput healer, like playing monks or even like druids, right? Like though that damage profile never works out well. Because like at that point you want a class that has cooldowns that can burst up the raid. So it's your discs. Disc priest. Yeah. Or like your your resto shaman with cloud burst and things like that. Um was Paladin Fraud. I don't know if Paladin is that burst anymore, but yeah, in any event, um, this is sort of a, I don't know if it's a good change, but it's a change they made. I, th I think it makes sense based on the way they've sort of described why they're why they're making it. Um, they seem yeah. to probably adjust scaling. <laughs> like, I, don't know. I, I think as <laughs> on the tanking front, I think the big thing that they need to do now is they really just need to go back and they, they need to take a second look at some of the attack power-based heals um, for tanks. Mm -hmm. In particular, like Protection Paladin just needs another look. Yeah. Um that's one that I think is really an outlier right now. Um, but then they also need to go and do a pass on magic damage. Because the way yeah. that a lot of tanks dealt with magic damage before, like the kind of magic damage that's not just like you hit a cooldown and then it's over. The more consistent, like you get a magic dot, 
you know, or you have a cat, a, a mob in a dungeon that does magic auto attacks, you know, um, yeah. that you can't necessarily just push a cooldown and have the cooldown up for the whole time that you're fighting that thing. The, well, the way you dealt with it before is you got healed, and now mm -hmm. heals are thirty percent worse. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, and this is definitely like a major brewmaster weakness right now, to the point that they could be entirely pushed out of the meta if there's some significant like constant magic damage in these dungeons, or in raid. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So. Not too bad. Um, yeah. It's always uh, always interesting to see when Blizzard makes these sort of larger scale changes, particularly this late, I'd say. Yeah. Uh, in the in the old expansion cycle. Yeah. Um. Gotcha. So I don't know if you had anything else to talk about there. Um, we can move to crafting orders, which yes is an interesting change that they've made. Um. So yeah, so if you don't, if you guys aren't familiar with crafting orders, it's a new system coming in Dragonflight. It essentially lets uh, individuals uh, post um, looking for a crafter to craft something for them, and like it's a, but now it's in sort of like an auction house UI. So it's not sort of trade right. chat spamming anymore. You post up, hey, I want this enchant made, or I want this, you know, leather working recipe made, um, and a actual crafter can come in and you know make it for you and. You know, you can tip them. You can provide. Well, you used to be able to provide some of the reagents. Um, now you have to the provide all of them. Yeah. So I think that's the biggest change they made is that essentially any of the required or like the how, what do they use? Like the basic reagents. So anything that's like not BOP or not one of the additional reagents that modifies something. But any of the basic ones, like if you needed twelve cloth and like two leather, you as the requester would have to provide that. Um, yeah. on your work order for it to be made um this is basically like it it means that you have to do you know if you went were to go to post and trade chat it would be like looking for a crafter with x recipe my mats exactly right? yeah. you you can't do your mats anymore through this mm -hmm. for public ones only that as a refresher there are three different kinds of of crafting orders um there are public ones which are just out on the auction house anybody can fulfill them um, and then there are guild ones, which are open to anyone in your guild. So you can just like put them in there. There are no restrictions on those. Um, you can do a yeah. partial fill for those and just like throw the mats you have in. And then your guild crafters can take from the guild bank or however you're doing it and, uh, and put them in there. And then there are, I don't know what they call them, private ones, personal ones that you can submit to individuals. Yeah, private orders, I think they call them. Um, they also don't have this restriction of having to have a um, the having to oh yeah all the basic reagents covered, which is like that in particular is good because like we have two guilds an alliance one and the horde one. Mm -hmm. This means that the alliance characters can do personal requests to the um, horde crafters and vice versa. Yeah, yeah, which is uh which is good. I think the other change too, I don't think we talked about this. Um, or, or sorry, I guess in, in terms of like the way that this works too, I think the other, what they were, what Blizzard's reasoning here for this too, about needing to provide all the basic reagents to post a work order is essentially to like, to streamline or simplify as a person who is going to do this crafting, how much to charge someone to do it. Yeah. 
Right. So like if they provided only like five of the 10 basic reagents you needed, then you'd have to figure out, all right, what's the difference in those five additional I have to provide to fill it. Then is my, then I have to do like a tip, like some sort of commission on top fix. I'm doing it for them. Yeah. I do it more now because I'm going out to get some of my reagents. So not only do I charge the reagent cost, but also like an increased commission because I'm having to do some work versus just clicking a button. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so Blizzard did this. I think their reasoning was at least for the public ones to streamline the commissioning process for the person who's going to craft. You can sort of set, hey, I'll always charge you X number, you know, X amount of gold to, to craft this thing. And that's Th- this does a lot to simplify their auto commission thing. Where like mm-hmm. right now, if you submit a public order for an item, um, and somebody else has a public order for the item, your order just becomes that plus one silver as the default commission. Yeah. Um, which then puts yours at the top of the list. Yada, yada, yada. Very streamlined, very easy to use. The alternative, they can't really determine the commission price automatically because of the variable amount of resources. And the commission thing is the kind of thing that, you know, if you're submitting personal orders to somebody, you talk with them and you figure out what the commission is, and then you just type that number in. You don't need the overall number. And the same thing with, like, guild stuff, you probably just don't do a commission. Like, depending on how your guild is structured, like for us, if we have a guild crafter, there's not going to be a, a commission. Yeah, no, like we, we typically like, we'll, we'll, like, I currently, like, I maintain, I actually need to do this, but I do all like the enchanting stuff, but like any yeah. of the enchanting mats, I just post in, like, put into a guild tab today and yeah. make it like people just grab them when they need them. So I just make sure that they're somewhat filled. Yeah. Um, which I have to do actually. Maybe I'll do that. Um, but yeah um good we'll say like maybe just a streamline change i don't know if good bad it just sort of makes it a little bit easier for those public work orders um the other thing i don't think we talked about around crafting is that they did put a limit to the number of work orders you can post um that limit has existed for a while oh Uh, has it it just wasn't like public gotcha it 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 would like prevent you from filling more Mm -hmm. but it wasn't like documented places gotcha yeah so it looks like it's you can only fill 30 total and then there's in you get 10 additional per day is the yeah. way it works. So like the max is 30 and then you'll get 10 additional every day. So if you use up all 30 in one day, you can only do 10 the next day, basically. Um, yeah. And I think, I think we actually might've talked about this before, but it's just a, a simple anti-monopoly thing. Like yeah. it, it means that somebody with a powerful add on like TSM can't just sit there and like fill every order as it comes in and, not let anybody else fill orders this is very much like a protection for the more casual players to make sure that you know if you want to get on and you you want to like do a little bit of crafting and fill a couple of orders you will have the like there will be orders yeah. for you to fill yeah there'll be orders out there yep no of course of course um yeah we might have i just i don't remember specifically talking about that yeah. so i think it came up um, in some other discussion um another actually crafting related thing that we did not put in the notes i just now remembered they did a pass on all of the racials. They did? Yeah. Um, I missed this then. Because oh. all of the racials effectively give you a bonus crafting skill, which translates into like improved ability to like get craft higher quality stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so they basically, it looks like normalized them all down to like five skill points, uh, where okay. before some of them were 10 or 15. Um, and like 15 skill points is a lot of skill points. So, yeah. Uh, so 
looks like they've mostly normalized it down to five. I don't have the exact numbers. Um, I don't even know if there's a Wowhead post about it. I just like kind of got noticed uh, by people in my guild who were looking at profession stuff. They're like, huh, didn't this used to be, you know, X skill points and now yeah, it's yeah. Y? And they're like, yeah, yeah, it did. That's crazy. I didn't um, realize that. Yeah. So for reference, it's stuff like Blood Elves have, uh, I think, enchanting. Yep. Uh, Draenei have jewel crafting. Uh, Pandaren have cooking, dwarves have engineering, or is it gnomes with engineering and dwarves have blacksmithing? Gnomes are engineering, dwarves are blacksmithing. Yeah, yeah. And then Torin have their like gathering ones. Yeah, they have the 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 herbing one, herbalism. <laughs> yeah, the herbing one. Uh, um, and like, there's a few more scattered around. Like goblins also have engineering. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they weren't they just like it didn't matter that they weren't balanced because all they were before was how quickly you could stop doing right. the, the crafting that was just for skill points and switch to doing crafting for actual like sales yeah like items stuff like that yeah mm-hmm. but a permanent like skill bonus to crafting would actually be significant here because of how it would warp kind of like how reliably you could do like a five star uh, recipe yeah 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 so now it's much more important. that's interesting i didn't realize they made that pass so um yeah professions are something that like i feel like i don't know i don't think i'm crazy i'm actually pulling it up now i'm pulling up the, <laughs> the pandaran yeah. racials all right yeah. that's not very useful i had oh yeah Gourmand, uh, your cooking skill is increased. The Wowhead guide actually still has uh, 15 in it, and it actually still gives 15 for all of the like sub skills from the farm. But okay. in uh, in patch 6.0.1, uh, there was a, a formatting change to change it, like just the text of it a little bit. But it, it's been cooking skill increased by 15 since uh, MOP. Oh, wow. Uh, and then in build 10.0.2, your cooking skill is increased by 5. Gotcha. So they normalize it all down. Interesting. Good. Good on old Blizzard. Making professions matter again. <laughs> I'm. I'm actually. I'm excited. Like, I, I'm gonna have to actually level my hunter because my hunter was the like main crafter that I had for a long, long time. Where I had like alchemy and inscription on that. Yeah. I did a whole bunch of glyphs and stuff in uh, in Cataclysm and had a grand old time doing that. And the glyph market is an enormous pain in the ass, so I, I quit <laughs> doing that uh, because, like, it turns out having to manage an inventory of like three hundred different items is a huge oh, pain. It's fun. Huge pain. Huge. Oh, plus <laughs> milling. It's not like at least with transmog, you maintain an inventory of like a thousand items, but you don't have to do anything with them. You just relist them all the time. Yeah, that's uh, true. Glyphs. You have all of the bulk, like inventory bulk of of transmog. And the low sale rate of transmog, but also you have to sit there AFK milling for an hour to be able to do your crafting. <laughs> Make any of them? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Which is another thing that's getting fixed, but that's like we're we're off topic now. But yeah, I'm I'm excited about it. Like my, uh, I'm gonna have to level my hunter to pick those up. My mm-hmm. monk is probably going to be like it's either gonna it's gonna depend on material prices. It's either gonna be like leather working, and skinning and cooking. Yeah. Uh or it's gonna be uh herbalism and and leatherworking. Like if leather is just dirt cheap. 
I'll yeah. do that. Um, and then like I don't know, I'll probably end up leveling several characters during the like two week lull before Mythic Plus and Raid opens. Yeah. And we'll see what things look like there. All right, yeah, we should we should uh maybe like the week before Mythic opens up, we should take a tally of if I've leveled more than one character and if maybe you've leveled yeah. all yours and what's happened. We'll see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll see what happens. So um all right, cool. Um I guess a couple only like one or two more things. Just one thing actually on our notes I didn't we didn't touch on that I don't want to talk about. But before we get there, Blizzard did uh release some information about the upcoming creation catalyst or the Dragonflight version of the creation catalyst. They're just calling it the catalyst now. Um and so the catalyst is coming back. If you guys I guess it should be familiar, if you're not, creation catalyst allows you to essentially transmute a piece of gear into a tier piece. Um, or into, you know, some level of a tier piece. Um, and so you can take a piece from Dragonflight Season 1. If it's not a tier piece, transmute into a tier piece once the catalyst opens up. And so they've talked about how you actually gain um, charges or currency to do this. So first off, there isn't a new currency, so you're not going to need to farm the new Cosmic Flux version Dragonflight. Um, mm-hmm. What you do, what you will have are just charges. Uh, and so you gain these charges by essentially completing a quest once a week and when you complete that quest which requires you to do some sort of group content uh that is seasonally appropriate which generally probably means doing the raid doing mythic plus or doing pvp in that season um you will gain one charge and then you and that one charge is also applied to any current and future characters on your account which means you do it once on your main and then your alts have all one charge and then your alts that you'll create later We'll all have one charge. Um, it seems like though there is a slight catch up is once you've done it three times um, on your main character, any new alt that reaches level 70 automatically has three charges available. Yeah. Which and is a great like catch up change, I'd say. Yeah, this is a good change. Um, it is capped at six. You can only have six charges banked at one time. Yeah. Um, so I had a, there was a big discussion in my guild about this. Because I was like, glass half full. This means that I don't run out of Cosmic Flux trying to gear up my alts. Yes. Which is actually a thing that has happened to me repeatedly. (laughs) Um, Like, just because it, you need like 6,000 Flux to do, uh, or or more, it's like 8,000 Flux or something for your tier set. Then you need a bunch for your double legendaries. You need another, like, if you buy, if you're buying the, the, packages from the vendor you need like more uh eight thousand for those so you're looking at sixteen thousand flux for a fresh alt and then if you want to go and get condos too that's another ten thousand so you're at like twenty six thousand flux for uh, an alt and that's a lot like you like yeah flux is comes pretty easy but also twenty six thousand is a big number so it's a lot of zareth mortis a lot of staying in there um and like i had actually been using i had been like constantly while i was playing my mage in season four like shifting gear pieces around and like so that meant a lot of recatalysting there were like two different tier setups that i had for different legendaries and all this Jeez. stuff so i had a bunch of like i was spending cosmic flux all the time i did yeah. not have very much banked uh so then when i had to re-roll back to monk um which is not something that i had actually plan to do so i hadn't actually banked any cosmic flux uh i had spent it all on my alts nice yeah because i like 
geared up my hunter and spent some on my warlock and spent some <laughs> on my DK. And it's like, ah, okay, now I'm playing monkey again and I have none. Yeah, yeah. Now so that... this means this means that you don't have to worry about that anymore. You're not going to run out of cosmic flux from playing too many alts. Right. It yeah. does limit your ability to just like there's a little bit of like if you start an alt and you upgrade a piece or convert a piece in the catalyst and then you get another piece in that slot at the same eye level. Now maybe you have to stop and think, do I do the conversion or do I wait? E, you Yes, but I, th I feel it sounds like the way that it's happening is that's only really that question mark is only really applicable like within the first three weeks. Right, because yeah. after that, any new alt that you get up there will have three charges. So, like, if that have six up, charges, okay. even like because it's all account wide. Well, like I mean, like three weeks in, so you would have gotten three yeah, yeah, yeah. charges. Like, right, but like the idea is like okay, so you're you're gearing up your alt and you want to make tier on it, um, and you ha you have more than four charges, so you know you can just use four charges on four different slots and get your tier set. Mm -hmm. um, but then it's like, well, do you upgrade the lowest level piece that you get, or do you sit on it and wait and see if you get a higher level piece to do the conversion on? Because you can't like do it all twice. If you do a normal run, you get tier pieces. Yeah. And then, or you know, you do dungeons and you get tier pieces, and then you go and do normal. Like, if you spent all your charges on your dungeon gear, then you can't necessarily convert like the off pieces from raid or whatever. Right, and that's sort of, I guess, the one downfall is because if you this wasn't all and you had enough cosmic flux bag right. in like the current thing you could end you could up rerolling as many times yeah yeah i think there's i think there's pros there's definitely pros and cons to this i yeah. personally like this idea better in that i agree it for those situations where you're playing a new alt and you get a bunch of gear and then you upgrade that gear and then an hour or two later maybe a day or two later before the next reset basically you right. get upgrades in those same slots that sucks but on the flip side it's much nicer than saying, hey, I just hit level 70 on this new alt and Let I only have a thousand funnel. cosmic flux. Yeah. <laughs> Let <laughs> me go do Zero's Mortis treasures on like my eight other alts. So they've just been hanging out at level 60 and never set foot in the zone just yeah. to get some easy flux. Yeah. 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 I, yes. uh, I think they, they each have different pros and cons, right? Where like this, I think is better if you're playing a bunch of alts because. Mm -hmm that's the scenario that you run out of cosmic flux in when right. you're spending 20 or 30,000 cosmic flux per characters, you run out very quickly. Even if you have, you know, 150,000 or 200,000 cosmic flux that you've gained yeah. total. Um, yeah. With this, like every character has its own charges. You have six per alt, no matter how many alts, mm -hmm. but cosmic flux is better if you're playing like what alt, because then it's still functionally infinite for your main and your alt. Yeah. Um but yeah. I I am glad that there is no cosmic flux equivalent returning. That that I think is just a universal like good. Like Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, far farmable currency is it's for certain things I'm okay with it. For other things it just is annoying, right? Yeah, and this was um, definitely an annoying case. It wasn't like hard to get. It was tedious to get. But if you've played the game the whole patch, you just had a ton of it, unless you had, like me, spent it all on your, your you know, 37 uh, alt. Yeah, like I just, I think my druid was my third alt I've spent flux on. And so I'm now 
out of it, I'll say, or like extremely low. Like I couldn't get another character to 60 right. and like get legendaries and get a bunch of stuff for it yeah. uh, without doing more yeah. daily. So which means it's not going to happen. Um, so yeah, yeah, no, I, I'm a huge fan of the, this change just in general. It also means that like, I don't have to care about the system too much. I'm just going to naturally get it as long as I just remember to pick yeah. up the quest. I need to check. I hope that this quest is like the push kind of quest, like the faded quests were for Dinar. Where like you entered the zone and it gave you the quest. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, that, that like I know I'm going to like do a dungeon, forget to have picked up the quest. <laughs> right? Um, so yeah. being able to just like get the quest progress for free because it pushed it into my quest log. Mm-hmm. So I couldn't forget it. That's how I hope it works. I don't. I don't think we have confirmation on how it works yet, but I, that's how I'm hoping it works. Yeah, yeah. I hope too. It's a cross activity, meaning like you don't only have to do mythic plus like dungeons, or you don't only have to do raids. You can like get progress yeah. doing both. They'll but. probably do like the. It'll probably be like a Philabar style quest where yeah. like killing a raid boss gives you 33% and doing a dungeon gives you 25% and completing an arena match gives you 10% or something like yeah. that. Yeah. That'd be nice. Um, so cool. Yeah. New, new catalyst, I guess, usage system that's going in place. Um, seems good. Seems like yeah. a, a decent change uh, going in old Dragonflight. So um, the only other final thing, which wasn't on the notes, but it literally just, started this morning is the world of warcraft's 18th anniversary event is live uh so if you want to get your i don't know you can kill doom lord kazak or something in caverns of time and yeah you can do some world bosses great biggest thing is you get you get the item that gives you increased reputation and experience gains um so get that if you're gonna level anything i think it lasts uh up and Till it lasts okay. until Dragonflight launch. All yeah. they actually they moved up Darkmoon Fair, yeah, which is that. also active starting now, I believe, uh, or starting this week. They moved it up so that it wouldn't overlap with, uh, with Dragonflight release. You couldn't carry these like 40 50 percent XP buffs into the first week of Dragonflight leveling because you do also again need to complete the campaign to fully unlock everything. So being level 70 and still having two thirds of the campaign to do would maybe not be ideal. That's a little, yeah, a little off there for sure. But, um, um, but no, that is live. You get your firework, I guess, or firework. You can do caverns of time is a bunch of like, I'll say dumb mini games, but it's like, not, they're not really dumb. They're just like things to do that are wow. They do it every year basically. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's the 18th anniversary of wow, which is, crazy uh in 18 years so um a lot. Yeah. i feel old dude i feel very old yeah uh, uh world of warcraft is now capable of voting in the united states uh not of drinking though uh it can't get close. the driver's license though um and in certain states it can get the pilot's license oh very interesting interesting look at that all grown up a all little little up. little baby game is now a, a young adult yep, yep. scary yep um don't don't ask it what its major is yet it doesn't know yeah no it's i think it's still picking that um but yeah so that was i think that was it then for today um like i said not like we said at the start like not a ton of 
crazy new stuff. I mean, the the yeah. damage or the health changes were big. The catalyst, I think, is an interesting change. Um, but I think the goal is for the next couple of weeks is to really do a little bit of a, of course, cover anything new that comes in in beta. I think a lot of it's going to be focused on bug fixes and just making the game playable. I know that there are still yeah. talents that Miss Weaver has that don't work. Um, There's class so, talents for, yeah. for for Monk in general that don't work. Like the the avoidance one still gives 4% avoidance of your current avoidance rating. Yeah. So if you have 1% avoidance from rating right now, you take that talent and you go to 1.04%. Oh, so dumb. Um, and then I think they're the save them all for monk yeah. for on that side of it isn't working. Um, the healing increase one at all. Um, so yeah, it's a bug fix time, I'd say, um, for the next couple weeks. But I think we're like the reason I bring it up is we think we're going to do a couple of retrospectives. Um, like I met, like we've mentioned a couple of times. Yeah. So starting with Nathria and those sort of nine, uh, 9.0 and 9.0.5 patches and then sort of work our way through um you know sort of what's reminiscing crazy? what's up valor released in 9.0.5 valor upgrades did yeah oh we're oh God, i'm gonna have to go back and figure it's out gonna be yeah, yeah we're gonna we're gonna talk all about yeah what was that in and what was next in week in. yeah um because there's i know there's gonna be things that like we just take for granted now is and and at that time it was like yeah big news yeah exactly exactly so um but yeah i think that is going to be it for today's show thank you all for watching and or listening and if you enjoyed this podcast and you want to support all the work that we do over at the peak of serenity you can do that over at our patreon at patreon.com slash peak of serenity and of course come and join the discord it is the best place to come and learn how big the windwalker nerfs actually are among other things. Exactly. Uh, or maybe get a list of all the talents that you shouldn't take because they literally don't work. Another good list. Uh, but that is it for the show today. Thank you all for listening, and we will see you next week. Bye. Bye.